welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. Praise God. What a rowdy bunch this morning. That's, that's a good sign. Whenever there's rowdiness, and, uh, that means there's life. And if there's life, that means there's God. Because Jesus comes to bring life and life more abundantly. And uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, or another way to say it is when you let the Spirit be Lord, there is freedom. Amen? Because the Spirit's omnipresent. God's everywhere. And He is Lord whether you agree or not. But when you let Him be Lord, there is freedom. Amen? Who wants freedom? Life more abundantly? Jesus is King. Who's in agreement? All right, let's stand to our feet one more time then. (laughs) Come on, rowdy ones. Why don't you say to the person next to you, you're a rowdy one. (laughs) You might not have realized that yet, but you are. The Bible says, let all the earth, not just the rowdy ones or the, all the earth make a joyful noise unto God. Praise His mighty name. So uh, let's do that. I want to invite everyone just, just really from our hearts. Let's all give Jesus. He's worthy of all our praise. Heavenly Father. You're worthy of all our praise. Holy Spirit is not just a force. He's a powerful force, don't get me wrong, but He's not just a force. He's a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God, part of the Trinity. And He's here with us. And so it's not like we're cheering to someone that we don't really know far, far away. God's here. And so with that in mind, I want to invite all of us, this is one big family, let's just high praises God, let it out. On the count of three, one, two, three. Jesus! Jesus! Praise, praise, praise! Praise you, Jesus! Praise you, Jesus! Praise you, Jesus! Praise you, God! Praise you, God! Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah. Whoever's continuing to clap, that's awesome. Come on. stop praising his name no I just can't stop praising his name no I just can't stop praising his name of Jesus <laughs> can't stop praising his name no I just can't stop praising his name no I just can't stop praising his name of Jesus can't stop 
praising his name, no, I just can't stop. Praising his name, no, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Yes, you are God. You're the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. A two-edged sword in your hand. Put on the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen and amen. All right, well, you can grab your seats and we're going to get straight into the word. Father, thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for last week, God. Very powerful. Thank you for all the prodigal sons and daughters that returned home to their father last week. Glorious. So grateful, Father. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We know your word's so important. I pray, Lord God, that you'd help me teach this morning and equip, prepare people, help them to be able to fulfill the destiny on their life. The call of God is so important. We don't just want to see people saved, like Chell said, but discipled, and not just discipled to say I'm a disciple, but because they have a very unique destiny, a call. There's a story that is yet to be fully told, the untold story, their future pages ready to be written about your life. The book of Acts continues, the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the early church continues. And all of our forefathers, those that have gone before us, those that we read about in church history, biblical and, and uh, even in more modern times, many of them are in heaven now cheering us on. And now it's our turn to write our story and to fulfill the destiny, the call on our life. So help us, God. And I pray that this message would equip the saints for that very thing, for the work of the ministry, for the work of their call, for the work of their story, which ultimately is His story. So help us make history in Jesus' name. His story. Create history. You were born to make history. You are a champion. Why don't you say to the person next to you, you are a champion. You were born to make history. Thank you. You won't be pushed down. And while you're at it, let's just keep going. This is, this is a song, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, <Jesus. laughs> and, and say to the person next to you, jump on the front line. You know, there's a front line everywhere. The front line is not just for the evangelist. The front line, the cutting edge. God wants you in the cutting edge wherever you are. Amen? Come and tell the whole world to see. Jesus is coming. Amen? Yeah. Salvation's for those who will believe. We're going to get into the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. This could get a little messy again, so pray for me. Help me get through this in Jesus' name. I'm going to shoot off to our Gippsland campus afterwards. I'm going to try and get finished on time so I can pray for people. And then uh, we're going to go to Gippsland campus. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, please, please, please pray for us. 
the national tour for our awakening team, some of the some of the fire church team are involved in that. We're going to be heading to most capital cities. We start on the central coast on the 21st of July, Saturday night. Mark and Darlene Check are hosting us in their church there. I hope you see beautiful people. Uh, and then we bounce back to Melbourne on Sunday. And then Monday night, the 23rd, Stairway Church in Vermont is going to be hosting the Melbourne meeting. So we would love all of our fire crew to be there on the front line, showing people how to worship and encouraging one another in our faith. And, uh, but you do need to register. There's a $7 charge. That $7 is to help us cover all the flights and the accommodation. We didn't want to put uh, a burden, financial burden on the host churches. So there's a small charge to help us with the expenses. We have a large team that's going to be flying night after night after night. But Melbourne is the 23rd. So who's coming to that Melbourne night on the 23rd? All right, and uh, awakeningaustralia.org, if you go on there, you can register. And uh, the seats are selling pretty quick, so make sure you jump on there pretty quick this week. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. The title of this message is The Glory for Your Story. Trying to be poetic with this uh, message, the glory for your story. Sometimes rhyming can help us remember. And uh, I want you to remember this one. I, I believe there are, we're going to have some fun, but I believe there are some serious points here that you need to grasp, understand, uh, to fulfill your call, to fulfill the story. And I believe that there's levels of glory that you can grow in. There's levels of glory that are released to you, that God wants to release to you uh, to fulfill your story, to fulfill your call. I want to start with something. I want you to understand that this message is not geared towards the subject of salvation, and it's not geared towards the subject of love necessarily, okay? Because you don't necessarily grow in more love from God. I believe, and maybe you can challenge this and study this out, but I believe that God loves you so much now and uh, He's just fully in love with you already. And you don't need to earn that love. In fact, even while you were a sinner, even, even while you were an enemy of God, while you were dead in your transgressions, He loved you. It said that, in fact, the Father said, even while they were yet sinners, He sent His Son to die on the cross. And we know that there's no greater love than that expression. So His love is unlimited and is for you no matter where you're at in this moment. It's also not geared around salvation. I need you to understand as a platform first before I can go into this, as a foundation that if you're a born-again Christian, you're a son. And you're a daughter. You can't grow, you can't be a son and then a little bit more of a son and a little bit more of a son. Once you're a son, you're a son. Okay, we get that? Yeah. Why don't you say the person next to you, if they're a guy, you're a son. And if they're a girl, you're a daughter. If you're not born again, you can be. Maybe you can lead the person next to you to the Lord right now. Jesus' name. 
All right, so we need to understand that, okay? This message, is we, you need to understand that first. You're loved and you're a son. But now we're going to move into something that is necessary for your story, levels of glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we are somewhat building upon last week as well. So if you weren't here last week, it was kind of a little strange to be a podcast, so we'll see how that goes. It was all, it was a pretty wild meeting. I think we did get some teaching towards the end in there. Uh, so grab it on the, on the podcast, and, and because they, they do somewhat, it, it is a line upon line message. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, everyone say the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. Image of who? Jesus. And Jesus is the image of the Father. He's the express image. He's the perfect representation of God the Father. And here the Bible says that we, so good to have you back, Tyrone. I love you, mate. Glory. But we all with unveiled face, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. This is an interesting tension because, as I said before, this is not a salvation message. When you're saved, you have been made righteous. You're not being made righteous. You're not becoming a son. You are a son when you become born again. We are a threefold being. The human is a threefold being. Just like God has three persons in one the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the triune God. One God, but three persons in the Godhead. We, as a human being, body, soul, and spirit. When you were born again, your spirit was regenerated. The Bible says that all things had passed away. And behold, all things had become, have become brand new. He breathed His very life, the essence of who He is, back into you when you decided by faith through grace to become a born-again Christian, when you yielded your will to His to make Jesus Lord of your life, He supernaturally, when you decided with your free will, God gave you a free will. In his, yes, He's sovereign, but in His sovereignty, He chose to create you as a free will agent, the same as the angels. And when out of your free will, you said yes to Him, by grace, by faith, he supernaturally breathed life in you and then from darkness you were translated out of that place and into His glorious light. Man, that's the greatest miracle of all. Do you realize this is happening every day? This is amazing. Why don't you give Jesus some cheer for that, man? Just stop and reflect on that for a minute. Well, I have some coffee. <laughs> so, verse 18, being transformed into the same image 
from, so being transformed, from glory to glory. When we got born again, the fullness of Him abides in us. And we can't get any more saved. We can't get any more holy. However, something, there's something about the glory and levels of glory that we see consistently that we walk in. Jesus himself, it says, grew in favor, in wisdom, in, in stature. He grew in favor with God. He grew in favor with man. There was a progression it was progressive. And I believe we all, even though we're born again, we're sons, there's something about levels of glory that we can walk in. And I believe that glory is for your story. That glory is necessary for your call. To see the fullness of your call come to pass. God is for you. You've got a massive cheer squad. Jesus loves you. He wants to see the destiny on your life come to pass. So the Bible says we go from glory to glory. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. Let's now go to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Who's excited about the Bible this morning? The Bible is amazing. I love the Spirit of God. I love the move of the Spirit of God. We want the Spirit of God to have His way. And I love the Word of God. I love to stop and to teach. And often in meetings, we follow the unction. Sometimes God like, lets us flow and worship and, and have extended worship services. And sometimes He says, stop, let's stop and open the pages. We should be just as excited in every type of expression in Christianity and in church life. And so if you're not as excited about the Word as you are about worship, something's wrong. I want to encourage you to stir that up. Stir that up. Hunger for the Word of God. The Word and the Spirit, they do not contradict one another. The Word and the Spirit in perfect unison, they waltz together. They are one. Amen? In fact, for those that love the Spirit, the Word is packed with anointing man and you can get it's packed and you can get whacked by reading it I'm telling you you can go off into heavenly encounters by reading his word I remember when I first got saved I couldn't put it down I hated books previous to that uh, my mind was messed up I'd be my mind would be constantly wandering I couldn't focus I struggled to study but when I had the encounter with the Spirit, I then went to the Word. I wanted anything to do with God after I had that encounter. I went to the Word, and I remember having crazy encounters by reading the Bible for hours. Eight hours, nine hours, ten hours a day. Sometimes I'd hit the floor laughing. Because the joy was hitting me. I didn't understand the theology of it. All I knew was, this is awesome. <laughs> and then I'd weep. I'd read something and not necessarily even understand what I was reading. My mind was not necessarily grasping it, but something supernatural was happening because these words are supernatural. The Bible is perfect. The Bible is amazing. It's the very words of God and every scripture is given by inspiration of God. 
And it's there to grow you. It's there to mature you. It's there to correct you where necessary. It's there to encourage you where necessary. It's there to guide you. His word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We can't just have it on Sunday though, amen? We need it every day. So on the subject of glory, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone say glory of God. That's why you must be born again. Every single person in this life must be born again. We minister to the drug addict, to the, to the homeless, to the broken. And we equally need to minister to uh, those that are perhaps what some would term higher in society. We, we minister to the royal family in Prague, Awakening Prague. And they needed it just as much as the drunk guy that come in. And they needed equipping and they needed Jesus and their hearts needed to be born again. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It doesn't matter how they're defined by society. What matters is how they're defined by God. And here in Romans it says, All have fallen short of the glory of God. And so God wants to restore that glory. He wants us to grow in that glory. In the Garden of Eden, it was glorious, man. Before Adam and Eve fell, then they opened up the door. Sin entered the earth. Their spirit was corrupted. They were separated from God. And the glory lifted off. There had to be this whole mission to redeem mankind back to God again. And then the, the nation of Israel was established and separated and set apart because Israel was going to usher in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he was going to die on the cross and did die on the cross for our sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And so many of us have that gift now. And so what I want to talk about is the restoring of the fullness of God's glory, ultimately for the call, so that you can walk like Him. But I need us to understand a couple of things. And here's a quote from Bill Johnson. The glory of the Lord resting on an unsanctified life will crush it. I'm going to say that one more time. The glory of the Lord resting on an unsanctified life will crush it. And the glory of the Lord resting on a sanctified life will establish it. And so what's the key to going from glory to glory? I'm going to give you some truth and possibly some hard truth that you need. It's not all going to be rainbows and lollipops. I hope the kids' church didn't hear me say that. <laughs> when I first read the book of James, there was a scripture that jumped out at me. It helped me. I hook my faith to that scripture. I'm glad I, I learned this revelation fairly early on in my walk, although it's a, it's a progressive 
revelation. The Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And it's, it's a revelation that I'm continuing to grow in theologically, but even more so experientially. So I've hooked my faith to something James said. And he said, brethren, count it all joy when trials and tests and tribulation, even temptation, when it comes your way, when it presents itself against you, when it comes into your world, into your life, when it comes through like a storm. When you're in that season, James said, count it all joy. And I'm like, why? It makes sense to try and remain positive and positive thinking, and, but is there more to it? Is it deeper than that? Why would we count it joy? Do we just try and put on this fake joy to help us through the moment or is there more to it? These tests, the tribulation, the persecution, the, in some cases, accusation, different scenarios. Firstly, I want to state that it's not God that's setting this up. It's not God that's orchestrating these situations to put pressure on you. He's not the author of it. It's not God that tempts you. It's not God that puts the tribulation or the test or the difficult season. God is good. But I will say this. He uses those situations. That's why we can boldly declare that all things work together for good for those in Christ Jesus. The trial, the test, the difficult season is the very thing that God uses to build you, to grow you, and to open up your capacity to carry the weight of glory that's necessary for the next level and the next season that God has for you. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. So the glory of the Lord resting on an unsanctified life will crush it. The weighty, heavy presence of God, the favor, what comes with that. If you're not sanctified, if there's not the character to be able to house that anointing, to be able to house that favor and that glory, the very glory that God put on you will crush you and He loves you too much to do it. The Bible says that the eyes of God go to and fro throughout the earth looking for hearts that are perfect towards Him. Another way to say that is that the eyes of God go to and fro throughout the earth looking for hearts that are mature enough to carry what I want to pour out on them. Maturity of heart, a sanctified life. How do I have that? There are many ways to build that, but one of the greatest things is navigating your way through the trials and the tests and the temptation. In other words, what will you do? Will you continue to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness in the season of trial? Or will you back down, back off, move away, get offended, 
Will you remember that we don't fight against flesh and blood and principalities and powers and wickedness in the heavenly realms? Will you remember that in the face of opposition that comes in the form of people sometimes? Man, I'm learning this. It's a continual journey. I mean, we've faced criticism. You, you always will when you step out on the front line. In fact, sometimes you're the first one to cop it when you decide to live on the front line. Stepping into this new role is awaken, with Awakening Australia. Boy, have, has it been glorious, but in the same season, boy, has there been an onslaught from the enemy in all different ways, from all different directions. But praise God, Lord, use it. Lord, find me faithful when we, when we, uh, when we come against the temptation to not yield to your will. Lord, use me when slander and accusation comes. You know, on our website, we have hundreds of churches that are support churches. And there's, an, there's a ministry in the USA that has gone out of their way to email, to get the details of all of those support churches, get the email and email them with slander and saying we're of the enemy and they're a part of the NAR and all this other Crazy, crazy stuff. They're of the devil. That's just one little example that actually we kind of laugh at. But we've learned to laugh at stuff like that. We're not going to chase our tail and nip it and just worry about everything that everyone says all the time. We're not built around the opinions of man. We trust God. We let the fruit do the speaking on our behalf. Let God defend you. The Bible says that Jesus made himself of no reputation. And if we're going to be in his, his image, we need to make ourselves of no reputation. Amen? But it can be a challenge. And you need to realize in the midst of it that what you're going through will be the very thing that causes God to be able to entrust you and open up your capacity to carry more glory to step you into that next season. Count it all joy. It makes sense now, right? So we endure persecution, trials, temptation. And I've seen this consistently throughout the last 15 years then you step into a season of increase. Then there's more tribulation, trials, testing. Sometimes we handle it well, sometimes we don't. Sometimes it takes a while to get it. Sometimes it takes years. It took the Israelites 40 years to wander around the, in the wilderness. He was testing, watching. Can you handle the promised land? I'm going to test you in the wilderness first. You get through it. It's like, all right. Promotion doesn't come from the east, the west, the south. It comes from God. You can do all you want to try and get false favor from man. But I tell you, if you obtain false favor from man, it's going to be hard work trying to keep it. God wants you first to get favor from Him. Then as a result, there'll be favor from man. You don't have to fight for it. You just trust Him. 
And then it, it just continues to repeat. Now, God uses the test, but he didn't create it. He did create the increase. But it's interesting that both have the potential to take you out. The enemy's designed that weapon that was formed against you in the form of testing, tribulation, temptation, whatever it may be. It was designed to take you out, to get you to back off, maybe even to get you looking left and right, to get you out of fellowship, to get you away from the things of God, to get you off track to fulfilling the story that God has predestined for you. But God flips it and uses it for your good. The weapon that was formed against you turns back on the enemy and causes you to grow in maturity so that he can give you more glory and more increase. But the blessing on your life that was formed by God to bless you, that has also the potential to take you out. And we see that. It's not in its design. It's not the reason that God blesses you. But he does watch you and test you in the seasons of blessing also. Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. They went through crazy persecution and trials. And they, were, they were in a season for many years, a very difficult season. And God heard their cry and raised up Moses to lead them out of captivity. Oh. Yes, great timing. We practiced that about 10, no, we didn't. <laughs> Glory to God. That's awesome. How did you go, Moses, with those Israelites, though? <laughs> Man, it made him sweat. <laughs> Leads them out of captivity, then gives them more than what they asked for. More than what they prayed for. That's our God. They prayed. They cried out to God in the, in the difficult season. And He gave them more. He poured out more glory, more favor, more wisdom, more wealth. Even in the realm of the financial realm. That's all a part of His glory too, prosperity. But it's quite interesting if you study that out. It was the extra wealth that God gave them. You know, He gave them a whole bunch of gold and financial blessing. Adds. They didn't ask for that, but He gave that to them as they left Egypt and begin to enter into the wilderness, enter into the path of the promised land. And God watched them in that season. He watched them to see how they would handle that level of glory. And we can learn by how they handled it. That's why God's got those examples in Scripture. They didn't handle it too well. Moses went up to spend time on the mountain with God. And we see on the ground all sorts of bittering, murmuring, complaining. And the very blessing, the gold that God gave them, they used, they melted that. 
You've all heard the famous story of the golden calf. How do you think they got that? It was from the blessing that God gave them as He delivered them from Egypt. And they melted it and made this golden calf, idolatry. They turned the blessing into idolatry. Now we might not burn a gold, make a golden calf, but anything that you put before God is idolatry. So He watches us in the difficult season. He says, but He's not watching you to say, I'm going to punish you now. He's watching you to say, come on, I want to put more glory on you. Come on, be found faithful. I want to put more glory on you. I want you to go to that next season. I want you to go from glory to glory to glory. How are you going to handle my blessing? Now that everything's good, now that you got through that difficult season, now that I've blessed you with a wife, with a family, and everything that you've been praying for has come to pass, the prophetic words of your life have come to pass, how will you handle that? Will you back off from intimacy with, with me? I used to pray every night when it was difficult, but what do you do now that I've blessed you? So sometimes it's the increase and the blessing that knocks us off too. But God's releasing this word today to equip us because He he believes in us. He's cheering us on. He wants us to go from glory to glory. You know, as a young Christian, I love music. We were quite successful in the in the nightclubs, and we had a number of record labels that were trying to get us to sign. Successful record labels that had signed other big Aussie artists. And there was one particular label that we were really going for. We were sending them demos, and they were, they were knocking us back, knocking us back, keep writing, keep writing. Other, other record labels were trying to get us to sign at the same time. We were saying, no, 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 we wanted this particular one. And it's interesting that after I got born again, the one that I wanted, all of a sudden that door opens up. Now in this particular case, I don't believe it was the glory of God or the favour of God. Sometimes false doors can open and present themselves. But I didn't know that. And so I, I was excited. I step into this opportunity, what I thought was an opportunity, something I've been working at for a long, long time. And for a year, as a new Christian, I'm writing and, and we're producing music with this label that we've been working on for around five years. During that time, I'd met Ben Fitzgerald in a small Baptist home group, the guy that's now running Awakening Europe and Awakening Australia. And he was just as messed up as me, praise God. And, uh, and that's maybe why we become good friends. <laughs> but we had radical encounters and would go out onto the streets And many times, in fact, we'd go to Frankston. And some of the most notable miracles were done in that first year as brand new Christians here in Frankston. And so my heart is exploding. As a result, the lyric content is changing over this year. Interesting that this record label, all the new demos and songs that we're sending through, they were rejecting the old stuff and they were saying, there's something about this new one. I like that new one. And they were selecting the ones that were now anointed by God. But then we got a year into it and we were about to present to the majors, the major labels, and we had the product ready, everything was ready to go. But the business manager who'd already invested probably 200,000 at that stage into the product sat us down and said, this Christian theme is too strong. 
He said, it might work in America, but it won't work in Australia. You need to change. All of those lyrics, anything to do with Christianity, you need to change. He goes, in fact, I have, I'm going to send you an email. I've already underlined everything that you need to change. Now, in that early stage, it was, to be honest, it was still fairly ambiguous compared to what we're doing now. I thought it was subtle. But he found it. He knew. He was very, very anti-Christ. And he sat down with all of us and he said, this industry is full of drug dealers and pimps. And he said, this Christian theme is too strong. You need to change the lyrics or we can't invest any more money in you. Temptation. New Christian. This was a passion. I'd been working for years. This was a gift that God gave me. All of these reasons why I could have said yes. Hey, let's go under and be an undercover band. Maybe some people are called to that, but I wasn't. And I knew. I've been seeing all these miracles. I've been preaching out loud on the streets. My heart was fully gripped by God at this stage. And so to be honest, it wasn't a difficult decision. The most difficult part was seeing the reaction of the guys, the friends that I've been working with for many, many years. It was their dream. They didn't understand my conviction. They didn't understand my born-again experience. And they hated me as a result. One of them got born again a year later, which was awesome. The others were still working on. But that was a test. It was a tribute. It was a trial. It was a difficult thing. Am I going to deny Jesus? Compromise for the opinions of man to try and please people? You know, 15 years later, 14 years later, it took me a while for God to be able to entrust me. 14 years it took. Now, I head up Awakening Music. And we play in stadiums that I would dream of as a young musician back then. And we're not even asking for it. Next month, I've been asked by CFAN to sing a song in front of 10,000 people in Budapest, of all places. And then we go to Latvia in a major stadium there singing for Jesus. And I, I freak out when I see the, what we're doing around the nation. It's, it's very humbling. But there's a glory that's been entrusted. If, if God had to put that on us in the early days, that glory would have smashed us and taken us out. We had to be found faithful. It took me a long time of saying yes to Him. Many, many mistakes along the way. I failed many times. Ask mum and dad, even as a Christian. Failed many times. It took me a long time. And yet there's still more. I'm not stopping now. And I want to say to you, it doesn't matter if it's taken 10 years, 15 years. If there's a promise on your life, don't give up. Keep saying yes to Him. Be found faithful in the secret place. When trials and tests and tribulation come your way, keep seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. 
because His eyes are on you. Not to punish you, not to condemn you, but to say, I want to put more glory on you. I want you to succeed so I can put more glory on you because there's more to come. There's more to come. There's a story that hasn't yet been told. There's empty pages with your name on it. And God wants to be able to entrust you with the glory to be able to fulfill the story in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or other resources and information, you can check out our website at firechurch.com.au. Thank you.